0: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everybody,
1: welcome into another edition of Spits and Suds. So glad to be with you today. And joining me is two-time Stanley Cup, champion and all-around good guy, University of North Dakota's own and DFW's own, Craig Ludwig. What's up, my friend?
2: Another beautiful day in DFW.
1: Yeah. Nice uh, rain. Hey, how'd, how'd, how'd the whiskey tasting go?
2: Oh, boy. Uh, well, it wasn't really a whiskey tasting. What we did is we took uh, uh, Kevin Mench, Derek Harper, Uh Julie Dobbs, Emily Jones, and myself went out there to do a podcast, kind of a a live uh podcast, I don't even mean live, right? But there was uh, people came and we did a podcast out there at Herman Marshall. So um (laughs) it was it went uh it was good. Yeah. There there'll be a there'll be a little clip in there of uh Em and Menchie having a a discussion we'll call it uh about major league baseball i get i don't i don't know if i brought it up i know i told them to come up there but um yeah it's kind of on that whole clock thing you know what i mean the timing of the pitchers and that kind of stuff yeah so yeah em had some really good points and she was very uh very committed to what she believed in you you know how emily jones can get so yeah great anyway so yeah they've got a Herman Marshall's got a really cool little spot out there in, in, in Wiley. And, um, you know, they've got a tasting uh, tasting room, I believe, is what you technically call it. And so uh, that's right in the heart of downtown Wiley. And then they are also going to build a, a little venue uh, deal out there. I, somewhere nice. around three, four, five acres, somewhere like that. And so they'll have a stage and things like that. And that's where their distillery, I believe, is where they're going to set all that up there. So that nice. should be coming soon too. So, yeah, so the big boys with Harleys, not not tricycles like, like yourself, but the big mm. boys will, will be on a few of those. How do you market. know I don't ride a Harley? Uh, I, all I have to do is see you one time, and Man. I'm like, nope, no.
1: You'd be surprised. I look great on a
2: hog. Now, uh, when you're talking... Ride a Harley? Are you talking about riding? Bitch being the one that's kind of sitting behind the guy that's got the bars on? his, You know what I mean? Or, that
1: should that should be our podcast picture.
2: <laughs> no, yeah. sorry. If you want to do a podcast picture, we'll put you in the little sidecar,
1: like a dog. Yeah.
2: Yeah, with a little with a little harness on, and make sure you can't yeah. jump out, and <clears throat> put some goggles on you. <laughs> All right. Kind of flapping in the wind.
1: All right. For those listening, we will talk hockey in a second, but have you driven in one of those sidecars and, or have you driven in those vehicles, uh, basically the three wheelers that I see that are yeah, all fancied they're a little up
2: bit now? More, yeah. They're a little bit more. The three wheelers. I, I love them. I think they're cool, but they're a stable, little bit right? More, well, they're, they're not as easy to drive. I think as some people would actually think, huh. um, you know, because you're, you know, it depends on how fast you're going, but, um, <clears throat> yeah, you know, it's, it's obviously, I, I think when, uh, when people that have been on bikes for a long time and they get a little bit older and I think they just feel a little bit more comfortable, you know, with the three wheels and you see a lot, you see a lot of them when I ride up to, uh, I jump on my bike and I ride to Wisconsin, uh, pretty much every year. And so, um, I, I will see a majority of them on there, you know, when it's a husband and wife an older couple that are on there, they got, they put a trailer on them and, you know, it's got a, A lot of them, I love the cool things where they got the kegs on the back, which are will be the gas tank. And you got some pretty, pretty nice looking bikes. So nice. um, (laughs) Yeah. So I I think it's a good I think it's a good way to go. Now, I have gone to uh, when we were out in Sturgis once we went to Mount Rushmore and there's a backside of Mount Rushmore. You come down and for bikes, it's really cool because it's a very, very windy windy kind of, uh, on your way down, like it's corner after corner, one way, one, you know, you snake your way down. And I actually had a chopper there the time that I went the bad idea, um, on real tight corners. I mean, it's just a little bit more hairy, but same thing on three wheelers, you know, you can't be going too fast around those corners. So, but anyway, they're, yeah, yeah, they're there. I I love them. I, I love the way they look. I love some of the paint jobs they get into and things like that.
1: Cool. And you're on the road tomorrow. You guys are going to Colorado, your team.
2: Uh, we are leaving today. Oh, okay. We leave this afternoon for nice. uh, Denver, and we will have our regionals out there. Uh, we play our first game tomorrow at two o'clock. No,
1: oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Best of uh, luck to you. So, my first question on Spitz and Suds relating to Monday night. Sean and I uh, talked, and we did another pod yesterday as well, asking the energy just wasn't there like it was on Saturday. Saturday, I felt as though, wow, this is a cup contender. And then I watched Monday, and I was like, ugh. And I just wonder, from a player perspective, is it possible to equal energy on consecutive games, or is that normal what we saw?
2: Um, and not even so much for me on consecutive games, where you're on the schedule. For me, it's about where they came from the playoffs last year. You know, I, I just think that <clears throat> that's, that's a rivalry now. And, and, and they could, you know, I mean, Calgary can climb into a spot, and if Dallas stays where they are, that could be a first-round matchup. And you you look at all those things and, and you talk about all those things, so um, yeah, for sure. I, I just don't I don't understand why you don't. And, and again, it's not easy. I mean, they have a long schedule and all this kind of stuff. So, um, but the bottom line is is that you know you got a team that that you battled with last year, and there's a uh, I wouldn't say a good chance, but there's a chance that they can. That's a first round opponent you would be starting at home if you play them, you know, and you're only 20 games or so away from the playoffs, you know? So, um, you know, again, it's, it's a couple of things that we talked about the starts, you know, and I think we talked about last time. And and the good thing is, is that they, they have found a, an ability this year when they, when they do get behind, you know, they, they can catch up. Um, but, but again, against teams that play the way that Calgary does and Calgary is nowhere near the team that they were last year. And I think they're trying to, find it and get it back and scratch their way into the playoffs. And if they do, they could be another tough opponent to get out, but you know, they're, they're a tough team to play catch up on, you know, just their style, the way that they play, the the way that, you know, Daryl has that Sutter has that team um, wanting to play um, when he, when they play the right, the way that he wants. So, and they can be, a, they're, they're a tough opponent and they've got a, They've got a goaltender that has not had a good year. And he, as of recently, um, has basically said that Markstrom's going to be his guy going on the way out. So, uh, the rest of the way. So, um, you know, if that guy gets going, I mean, that was a battle last year between him and, and Jake. I yeah. Sure. So,
0: yeah. Um, yeah. I'm a big anyway. Markstrom guy. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love.
1: Over the years, what has been your run-ins with the Sutters? Such a fascinating family.
2: I've never really. I mean, you're always John when you play against the Sutter. Brent, I played with a little bit. um, Brent Sutter, and then he went on to become a coach. And um, you know, but but the other one, they were a little bit older, and so I'd really, I would have been young even when I played against them. Probably in Chicago, I honestly don't remember, but you know, you you know about them. uh, You know, again we all know tendencies when we play them enough. You can play a couple of games, you know, the kind of style a guy is. And you just know that they're going to be, he played the way he coaches and he coaches the way he played. You know, he's an in your face. Um, doesn't take a shift off. <clears throat> Richie and Ronnie, I played against those guys, the twins, and they were in your face all the time. Um, hard to play against, you know? And so Daryl, I think wherever he's been, whether it be in LA when he won a couple cups or here or, you know, he <clears throat> he wants his team to play about his personality. You know, very similar to Rod Brendamore, who's in Carolina. You know, Rod has got a personality, and, and his players know his personality. And they are playing um, the way that Rod Brendamore played and and um, demands it. And I think it's the same thing with Daryl. And that's why a lot of people are questioning, why did they go out and get a guy like uh, Huberto you know, and, you know, Hubert was a candidate last year for, you know, the heart and being one of the best players. I think he had hundred and some points last year when he was in Florida. Um, just doesn't seem to fit the style um, of a Daryl Sutter coach team. Um, you know, a little bit more skill and flash and dash and maybe doesn't dig in the way a Sutter player would be, but he sure made a hell of a pass on that goal, you know, with, with 10 seconds to go in the game the other night to, a stick a dagger in the stars.
1: He sure did. And so I wanted to ask you from a defensive standpoint: did you feel as though both Lindell and Hakampah were pinching too much at that point?
2: <laughs> Just uh, a little bit? I had about a 10-minute meeting about this yesterday with our players. And so I <clears throat> yesterday morning got up. I put that particular play <clears throat> on a video and then showed it to him when I got to the rink yesterday. And, and just had him look at it a few times. Only one of the guys had watched the game. So I just had him watch it, and I said, hey, what do you guys see? And, you know, I right after the game, I had saw some people um, <clears throat> kind of, you know, throwing a dart or two at Delandria, And only because he had the puck on the wall. There was 12 seconds to go in the game. And, <clears throat> you know, and it's like, why would he throw the puck to the middle of the ice? Well, because he's trying to get the puck on net and score a goal yeah. in the hockey you know, and now <clears throat> in a different scenario, if they were would have been protecting a lead and there's only, you know, 15, 20 seconds to go in the game and that same scenario, there's no reason if you're there to throw it to the middle of the ice. That game was tied. They wanted to win the hockey game and he was figuring I got to get it to the net. I'm, again, I'm not in his head, but he's just trying to get it to the net. Let's see if we can get a chance to, you know, bang it around. We got 10 seconds, see if somebody can kick it in. Now, <clears throat> back to the defenseman. So, Essa gets the puck with 15 seconds to go at the blue line. Essa Lindell. And if you look to the right, Yanni's right next to him, right where they should be, side by side, partners, pucks on that side of the ice. Calgary likes to bring a lot of players over, so they're where they're supposed to be. Essa throws the puck down the wall behind the, behind the boards, is when Delandria comes down the opposite side to keep the puck in. Uh, pa does the right thing. He goes over there in case it gets by. By Delandria, or Delandria just wants to pop it back to Hawk and Paw because there's plenty of time to take a shot. Well, at 11.3 seconds, you watch. And what happened is when the puck was behind the net, going around the back of the net on its way over to Delandria, Essa is still standing in the same spot on the wide side of the ice where he initially dumped, put the puck around the wall. And at 11.3, and this is some things we talk about time and score. You got to know the time on the clock. You got to know the score. You got to, you have to be able to sense danger is what I'm, you know, in other words, some bad things happening. So at 11.3, when you pause it, you'll see Essa look up at the scoreboard. He's looking at the time on the clock. As he does that, he's not moving his feet. He's mm. just standing in the same spot, looking up. And that's the same time that the lander tries to throw it to the net. Hubert standing right in the middle of the ice puck comes to him DeFoley had just taken off for a home run and he did and Yanni couldn't catch him you know he was coming back he recognized it late but that and and Esselindel is a very good defenseman a very good defensive defenseman he finishes the checks he blocks shots he gets pucks out of the zone it was a momentary lapse and they came out on the ice I can't remember exactly like a minute minute something to go in the game so they know the time on the clock and it's but I just look at it as there's an urgency there and you could have still looked at the clock as you're moving your feet, as you're moving to the middle of the ice. And if he'd had done that, when he stopped, looked up at the clock, if he had just kept his feet moving, he would have been in the passing lane and that pass probably wouldn't have gotten through, or maybe it hits his stick and, you know, it goes up in an air and in the air and, and Toffoli has a hard time corralling it. So, you know, and, and Hakenpah is chasing Toffoli up the ice. Because to Foley just talked, should yeah. and Paw have seen him? Yeah, but I can't see it. I couldn't see what exactly happened. That shot wasn't clear enough there. But to me, that's on the on, on the offside defenseman. I mean, anytime the puck starts going to the opposite side of the ice that you play, you have to get to the middle of the ice, and you work from the middle out. And and Essa just had a, a moment of you know, not moving his feet, and he didn't get back. So can you pin it on both of them? Sure, but I look at the guy that's the wide guy. And you know, if you would have been moving across the ice, you'd have probably uh, Huberto would have probably had to probably flip it up in the air or something to get it by him. So that was my assessment, and that's what I tried to get across to our guys yesterday. But the big thing is, is like I said, time and score, and you have to be able to sense danger as a defenseman. And you know, we're always kind of the. It's funny, like you know, it can get by us, and, and it goes in the net, and it's our fault. There could be all these other things that lead up to it, but it's always a defenseman's fault. Yeah. So sometimes you get a little too much put on you. So I'm wondering, well, why you're paying this goalie six million dollars a year? I'm not talking about Jake, but you're paying a goalie five, six million dollars a year. Why can't he stop a few of those? So
1: yeah, he probably didn't have his best game. I felt as though he was left out of you know DeBoer mentioned after the game. I think rightfully so. He was kind of left out to dry on a couple of these you know goals the other night. But I mean, you know, he's DeBoer's also protecting his uh, goalie, so. Um, yeah,
2: and you know, I don't think, and I didn't watch the whole thing with Pete Singh after the game, but he's, and again, I couldn't tell you what he all said. I saw a little bit of what he said, but he's never been this year to my knowledge has been a guy that's going to throw his players under the bus and nor should he, yeah. I think, because of the season that they've had, you know, they, <clears throat> again, you take this as a teaching moment. That That's what I would say. I would say they get in their video, if they would show them the same thing that I saw, if your people, I mean, if your feet would have been moving, you know, and, and so that that might be something that may happen in the playoffs. And, and you look at it, you look at it the day after and it'll stick in your mind. And when you get in the playoffs, which are, you know, Dallas is going to be in the playoffs, right? So you look at that 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 particular play right now, even though they didn't win that hockey game, um that could be a really important play. When you when you're in game 3, game 4, you're trying to close out a series and something like that happens, I promise you he'll be in the middle of the ice if that yeah. happens in the-